Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Imagine that you're living out the plot of a history of violence, right? And Ed Harris shows up at your door and tells you something about your spouse's history. Mm-hmm. Right? What is the worst thing for you culturally that you could find out from you, about your spouse by Ed Harris at the front door? Like, what, what do you think? This is more of a Ryan scenario, and I wish he was here, but what is the worst thing that you could get history of violence on in your own home? Hmm. What do you mean by culturally? I mean, like, you don't, not like, I, I mean that this is kind of supposed to be funny. Like, oh, my husband's an axe murderer. No, that's not interesting. Oh, my husband was a key figure in the swing dance revival of the 90s. That's that, a problem. That's it for me. If if somebody came up and they were like, hi, I have some terrifying news about your significant other. Like some, Like your buddy's old business partner shows up, but it turns out it's your buddy's old business partner and he's wearing a zoot suit. Right. He's like, hey, buddy, where's your zoot suit? If and so- you're like, no. If somebody shows up at the door and they say. Specifically, it's Ed Harris. If, well, first of all, if Ed Harris shows up at my front door, I'm running. He's desiccated, man. He could probably. It's his house You can now. evade him pretty quickly. He's terrifying. He, okay. just, looks like, he just looks like Red Skull now. Um, if he shows up at my door and he says, your significant other was a contract killer for the United States government from 1995 to 2002 i would say well whoa okay we got not a drone we gotta have yeah i'm married to a drone we gotta have a conversation right we gotta have a discussion we had you need to have some disclosure i have questions Mm. if somebody showed up and said your significant other participated heavily and willingly and was around multiple wallet chains in the swing revival (laughs) of the 1990s i would really be more disturbed by that Okay. 
far more disturbed. I forget why I started thinking about yeah. this. Jason, what, what, would it, what would it be for you, <laughs> if anything, um, that you're just like, I cannot be party to that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's hard, to, that's hard to top. Swing dancing yeah. is sort of inexplicable in hindsight. Like yeah. a, 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 the Swingers, the movie, sure. <clears throat> but well, there were the Gap that, commercials. The Gap commercials didn't help. There was Ska adjacent. And Ska sort of brought along swing. There, there were numerous, numerous culprits in swing dancing being a thing for like a year. Yeah. yeah. If at any point you actively encouraged a Zoot Suit riot, I have a problem with that. Anyway, yes. what did you want to talk about? Your mother, 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 Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. That's feeble. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. I am Spencer Hall. I am joined this week, uh, as I am most weeks, by uh, across the table from me, Holly Anderson. Hello. Don't tell them where I am. I know. Uh, and Jason Kirk. Say hello, Jason. I am also across a table. Mm-hmm. Very true. That is true. Also on the ones and twos, our producer, Michael Serber. Uh, currently, this is, uh, you can't see this because this is an audio format, but readers, listeners, and watchers uh, currently wearing a resplendent Clemson shirt. He's so normal, though. It, the fold of it, it the, when I very first saw this Clemson, I believe it's polo that Serber has on, it looked to me like a Clemson kimono. And I was briefly Ooh. breathless at the thought of such a thing and the dojo that Cerber must have conquered in order to <laughs> in order to win this garment. Like it's like one of one of fight at a Hardee's and also awarded Yeah. It's a Will Smith movie on Disney Plus for sure. If we want to get into the full story of how I got this kimono. <laughs> how you won the kimono. Yeah. But it ends with me saying, I gotta get me one of these. That at some point. You had to you had to drop kick Danny Ford through a window. Uh, that that can't be done. You had to you had to fight CJ Spiller on the roof of a Hardee's. That was easy. That was the yeah. easiest part. He is fast. But it was He's easy. fast, but you know fast. what? I was, I'm not sure if winning the Clemona would require defeating like all of Clemson though. That's how you get it. Dabo's had the Clemono for years. Um, you know how Dabo's kind of hippie? He's kind of shaped like a weeble wobble. He's got that in common with Saban. He does, yeah. They're, they're, they're like they domin- can both fill out a cocktail dress in like a, a half-shell 40s nightclub situation. Dominant athletic managers who both have wide-set hips for a man. And so I think that's the secret to why he has the Clemono, that when knocked down, he just wobbled back up. Right, just just reset, and that's why he got it, folks. You can reach Spencer at thirty eight Godfrey on Twitter. Thank you. 
Thank you. I value all of their feedbacks. All of them. Holly, because we're a college football podcast, we like to talk about space. The cicadas are just... Yeah. They're to bolster this claim. They are. Cicadas are the aliens. Do you want me to do the whole thing I just did over again? Sure. Folks, it's Spencer's birthday, and to celebrate, the haint is being especially haintful today. Uh, Ryan Nanny is also out on vacation, and his serene and stabilizing influence is absent from the show. But all I wanted to say is you may have heard in the Dad Disasters episode a few weeks ago. Uh, we had one kid write in with a submission of his own father. I submit that this is not a disaster of any kind, but rather an example of how to live. Um, he said his dad has 12 Twitter accounts, and not for the reason most of us have 12 Twitter accounts to cyberbully local politicians. Um, his dad has 12 Twitter accounts because whenever he forgets the password, he just makes a new one. They all follow one account, and that account is NASA. And I hope that dad is having fabulous day wherever he is kicked back in the good chair scrolling the tablet if he's on a tablet and just looking at these web telescope pictures going boys it's all been worth it this is why this is why we suit up every day and follow nasa that's why i do what i do i hope this is all he talks about for the rest of the year just clogging next door with complaints about one dog that won't stop pooping on his lawn and lauding the efforts of nasa right i i predict this dad by the way has problems with multiple government programs but it's like nasa nasa you're cool i had That's my fine. first i i joined uh i joined nasa i joined next door congratulations um, and i'm i feel bad about that but i joined it because there is a robust and thriving plant swap community in mm-hmm. atlanta and i had never run across one of those like amazing next door exchanges before because i have everything muted Mm -hmm. except for the plant swap groups but uh we ran across one this week that i would like to read aloud please because it skips from okay 15 hours ago it's relevant to us because it involves panama city had to cancel our 30a beach rental for the week of august 13th august 20th and i'm trying to get it rented a um, couple sentences about details of the sure. property. Here's how many bedrooms. It's got a pool. And here's where the beach is. If you're looking for a last-minute beach vacation, send me a message. The owners are a little flexible with dates. 15 hours ago. Now, there's a drop-down that you can click. It says, see 14 previous comments. I can't see these comments, but 12 hours later, here's a guy saying, in no instance that I know of has a victim themselves actually fended off a chimp. If a chimp attacks you, you need to get armed help immediately. This is your only real hope. And I looked at this, and my finger went towards the C14 previous comments. And you know what? I stopped. I stopped because I'm going to enjoy the destination and just skip the journey on this one. Because no matter how it got here, it can't possibly live up to where it ended. (laughs) That's amazing. I just, I'm simming through this next door discussion and just getting to the part about um, pole assassins summer vacation. Shouts out to the web, by the way, making the Hubble look like a piece of shit. All of this trash talking of Hubble. Oh my god! <laughs> like, oh, here's the here's the Hubble telescope over here, and the Hubble's like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I was doing the best that I could at the time. It, like, I don't. I it feels unnecessary. I don't feel like they had to do the Hubble like that. It's like an old TV, zero sentiment attached. The minute your old TV is no longer up to snuff, you're like, garbage, trash. But I have this sentiment. I'm like, the Hubble is my three. 
the Hubble is literally three yards in a cloud of dust, the telescope. I would use it as a garden decoration at this point. Man. Put it on. I think within a few years, there'll be like throwback Hubble nostalgia. Like, yeah. nah, like, like, you know, aesthetics change. And like, sometimes it's cool for something to look like really shitty in 80s. The number one TV show right now. Or, you know, it's like, oh, these, these people look cool in the 60s. At some point, we'll be like, man, I miss 90s space. I miss when everything was just kind a of a blur, blur, but it was a really far away blur. Like, yeah, there'll be there'll be Hubble nostalgia. I I the, I, th- I thank the Hubble for everything it gave us, and I think it, it, appreciation will return to it in due time. That that does make me feel better. The blur is so soothing. Man. I would turn it into a coffee table. And I'm I'll not put say- legs on it. I'm not saying the web's not incredible. Listen, I'm not saying the web's not incredible, but I'm like, we can appreciate the web now without being like, look how shitty the Hubble is. No way. I'm firmly I'm firmly on screw that. I'm I'm firmly like I don't hub- know why I'm doing a Muppet voice for these people either. But. The Hubble is the Bob Cousy of Wow of intergalactic telescopes, right? Like, no, the no Bob Cousy is one of those um is like an earthbound. An this is more like an Andre Kirilenko <laughs> telescope. Hey, speaking, of, Earth, uh, hey, speaking of Earthbound, did y'all see Elon's rocket exploded? <laughs> I think if you had real confidence in your product, you'd test it personally. You'd put yourself on that launch pad, sir. Get on out there. Follow the example of General Nedelin. Put a lawn chair up next to the rocket and survey the business yourself. Spencer, what happened to General Nedelin? Never mind. He, he died serving his country gloriously. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. You want to talk about college football? I Jason would... has some college football. That didn't mean to sound accusatory. I would. So uh, we, at times, remember that college football seasons are inbound. um, And this is a year in which that is, again, true. College football is likely happening within a month or so. Mm -hmm. So we are going to do weekly-ish, conference-ish, preview-ish things, as we have done in the past. We've done this in many ways. Um, This time around, let's, uh, let's, let's... Let's let's be honest about the actual amount of research that we've put into the various <clears throat> conferences around the land, um, particularly since this one is the ACC. We all know only one team really matters matters in it, and the other teams just sort of beat each other. That's how it's all. That's how it's gone for about thirty years now. So um, we're doing a Wake Forest episode. Yeah. The 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 name of the one team changes from time to time, but that's how the conference works. Um, so I have gathered. Eight conference contenders, schools that, you know, could win the ACC. Uh, and I think it would be, uh, it would really demonstrate our knowledge and awareness of this conference if we were to collectively select a team to root for this year in the ACC. I have ooh, assembled ooh. eight blind resumes, all right? Yes. Um, and I think how we'll do this is I'll present pairings. We'll do it tournament style, and the three of you can collectively decide which team wins each pairing, okay? Yes, Holly? Um, when you say root for, uh, how far into the season do we have to take this? Are we riding this to December? Yeah, I think so. I think, th- I think this right. will be our, our official... Our official rooting interest for the year. Like this, okay. If, okay. If this, I like this. If this school wins the conference, we will look like geniuses, okay? As usual, yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, just just to make it interesting, Clemson is not on the board because 
Let's Ooh. be honest. Mm. That's that's a little easy. Okay. Excellent. Um, so, just a few things. So th these are all based on um, old resumes. So last year, four ACC teams finished in the final AP2 top 25. Two ACC teams at top 30 scoring defenses, five at top 30 scoring offenses. That's sort of a general. That's how the ACC stacked up last year, okay? Okay. Um, the first team on our list finished the year number 14, won a game in Miami, lost a game in Virginia, top 25 in scoring, beat two SEC teams, lost to a service academy, and their alumni includes Tim Cook of Apple. They are up against a team that also finished in the top 20, top 15 scoring offense, undefeated in overtime, undefeated against teams from outside Florida and Pennsylvania, and their head coach has been on the San Diego Chargers staff, of course. Jason, that They're, doesn't narrow it down at all. No, <laughs> that's, that's a group of 14,000 men. Their alumni includes the author of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So, which of these two oh, schools... Shit. Will advance. Yeah, but I am going. My instinct pulls me towards the Tim Cook school because his other school is Auburn, and it can't possibly be that bad. This other one, it can't possibly be as tortuous as 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 rooting for the Christian Chaos Magician Academy. I'll take Pitt because I think one of those teams is Pitt. I think it's the first one. Well, that's you're, that's not the game. But I'll take the first one. That's yeah. the Tim Cook school. Mm, I'll Riverside you. I'll take the other one. <laughs> you, Spencer, Jason, is taking... would you like to explain the rules again? All right. So <laughs> since <laughs> since Spencer, since Spencer to, is taking... trying to make some action, Spencer, we're making since... we're picking one team for all of us. Oh, for Spencer's all of us. Spencer's taking both. Okay. Spencer, hang on. Spencer's taking both, so Cerber, it's on you to split the tie. Um, I'm taking the second team because no one wanted it. Okay. The second school advances in our ACC tournament. The second pairing on our list, uh, the first school, a top 10 scoring defense, went 500 against the state of Virginia, ranked in the AP top 15 for a few weeks, but didn't reach bowl season. Their alumni include Zach Galifianakis, who did not graduate. Okay. They're up against a team that finished in the top 20. All four of its losses were by a single score. Went one and one in neutral site games, played in the other team's home state, lost to three different Mac Brown schools, and beat FSU. Their alumni includes Woodrow Wilson, who did not graduate. Oh! Oh! Um... I was really loath to take any institution that accepted Gal Zach Galifianakis, but Woodrow Wilson's way worse. We got to go with the first one, right? I have no option but to go with the first. We got to go with the first one. We can't. We can't associate ourselves with Woodrow Wilson in any way. Okay. Serves what you think. Zach Galifianakis is from the county next to mine in North Carolina, so I would have picked him. I also know which school that is, and I like the idea of them making it as far as possible and not getting it. <laughs> I just did it. I just realized that we could Floridaize him by calling him Zach Gacky Falacky. Yeah. And I suggest that we do that from now on. Uh, next pairing. All right. This school had a top 20 scoring defense, lost to Miami. Two All Americans, but only two players drafted. 
uh, lost a game on the CBS family of networks, and their alumni includes James Webb of the Telescope fame. It's got to be that school. <laughs> I'm taking that school. Okay. The school they are up against played four North Carolina teams, but only defeated three of them. Uh, had a top 20 scoring offense, undefeated in, team, in games against teams from South Carolina and Virginia. And their head coach has also been on the San Diego Chargers staff. Shit. Oh, alumni. <laughs> their alumni includes World War II's second best U.S. fighter pilot. Hmm. I'm going with my, my heart says school A again. Yeah. I got to follow my heart to space. I'll go with A. My heart's real stupid, but it wants to go to space. I would point out that the first the, the, the number one ace in World War II was again Richard Bong. I thought it was a cartoon Dick Bong. Dog. <laughs> Dick Bong. Man. You're gonna kill you're gonna kill whoever you're allowed to kill if your name is Dick Bong. This is like the aerial <laughs> version of Don't Fight the Short Guy. Yeah. Yeah. What is that other fighter pilot across from me's name? Dick Bong. You're like, I'm bailing out oh, immediately. Fuck. Oh, God. Oh, the Jason Bourne gif. <laughs> oh, it's God, Dick it's Bong. Dick Bong. My God, it's Jason Bong. <laughs> Bong. <laughs> What's up, Denny's? Thanks for coming out and seeing my band, Dick Bong. And then when he's like, you know, he, he, someone gets a lucky strike and he's shot down and he has to like uh, uh, espionage his way out of Germany. And he's like adopting disguises and he's like, name's Bong. Dick Bong. And they're like, that is a fake name. That's a fake name. You're a spy. And he's like, perfect identification. My name is Dick Bong. With these French ladies back here whispering, oh, Richard Bong. The the Japanese are just sitting there after they captured him going, so what did he say his name was? Dick Bong. Bullshit. Bullshit. We have ways of making you Dick, Mr. Bong. Tell me your real name. But the French would be fooled. Yeah, the French, the French would be like, it's a very sexy name. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> sexy. Uh, next matchup. The first school in this list lost to Florida State, but went 4-0 against the state of North Carolina. Their head coach has multiple BCS Bowl wins in the resume. Uh, all their losses were on the road. Arguably the best season in school history. And their alumni includes one of the most famous country singers. They are up against. <laughs> they're up against a team that finished number 18, had a six-game winning streak, the nation's number 23 hardest schedule, lost to Notre Dame and Clemson, but beat a top 20 team and a national champion head coach. Their alumni includes Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, okay, I know what the second school is, and I'm not feeling it. Uh, again, I think we go first. Mm-hmm. First school. Mm-hmm. All right, we have our final four here, okay? Um, Very North Carolinian of us. I'll just go by alumni for this one, okay? Uh, First pairing will be Diary of a Wimpy Kid versus Zach Galifianakis. Can you you repeat those criteria again? The the rest of their resumes or just the alumni? Uh, Just, sorry, just just the two teams. Can you read the list of considerations again? The team's still in the running, or yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the complete the complete resumes, or or what? Well, now when you put it that way, it kind of sounds unreasonable. <laughs> so the, let's uh, go. 
the, the this final four matchup is the author of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, that person's school, versus Zach Galifianakis's school. Uh, oh. I'm gonna and go I can Zach. I can read any football specific details you might like, but I would go with Zach Galifianakis' school. Cerber knows which school this is, so I want to defer to him. I too know what school this is. Well, yeah, shit. this is not the final, correct? This correct. is not the final. Yeah, all right, Zach I'll, Galifianakis. I'll, I'll take Zachy Falaki. Okay. Um, I think I already know who's going to win this one. Uh, these two schools, they both did a lot of football stuff. They're alumni. <laughs> It's James Webb versus a famous country singer. That's not famous country singer. Just sounds like such a trap. That's such a trap because you're like like Toby <laughs> Keith's a famous country singer. Not that he went to college, but <laughs> like like do I want do I want to go ahead and sign up for the neo fascist yee yee guy or James Webb who made a telescope? I'm gonna go ahead and go with James Webb because again, it's out with the Hubble gang and with the Webb gang. James Webb. All right, and this one, uh, I, I think it's pretty easy how this one's going to go. Zach Galifianakis versus James Webb. James Webb. James Webb. Space. Eat shit, State. James Webb. That's right. NC State lost, in the, uh, lost in the finals. Uh, well, that's, new. that's new and different. The, uh, the criteria cited that was 1957 NC State, uh, an ACC champion uh, despite losing to William and Mary. And uh, they were indeed ranked highly all season, but they didn't reach bowl season because their basketball team had gotten the entire athletic department banned from the uh, from the postseason, as described in the Sinful Seven. Um, your winner is 1963 UNC, uh, which lost a bowl game against Air Force on CBS proper. Um, <laughs> two schools in the finals well, were that. huzzah the Blue Bonnet Bowl. Uh, two schools in the finals were 2001 Maryland. Yes, that was an ACC champion. Uh, Ralph Ralph Friedgen, head coach, was indeed on the San Diego Chargers coaching staff. Um, the teams they lost to included Florida and FSU. I mentioned they were also undefeated against teams from outside Pennsylvania. They did not play anyone from Pennsylvania. That was, if I remember correctly, the first team to win the ACC besides Florida State after they joined. Like, Florida State long. just kicked the shit out of everyone for 11 years. They first mm-hmm. team to win the ACC outright. Outright, yeah, because there was a share with yeah. NC State or Tech? Uh, that would be a team that did not make it out of the opening round, 1995 Virginia. Their alumni uh, includes Woodrow Wilson, who briefly attended. Um, the three Mac Brown schools they lost to were Texas, FSU, and UNC, coached by Mac Brown. Uh, let's see. The other Final Four team was 1969 South Carolina, an ACC champion, their only conference title in school history. Their only one. Their only one in the entire goddamn history of the program. The, uh, let's see, the BCS Bowl wins in Paul Dietzel's history were the Sugar and Orange at LSU. And the famous country singer, of course, would be all of Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, well, we're just going to have to let her cry. Uh, teams that lost in the first round, 1989 Virginia, Jerry Falwell Jr., of course, gave that team away. Uh, the national championship head coach they defeated was Steve Spurrier. Again, that was an ACC champion. I decline. Uh, (laughs) uh, Tim Cook, his other alma mater, Duke. 1954 Duke, an ACC champion. Uh, Mm -hmm. the SEC teams they beat were Tennessee and Georgia Tech, and they lost to two service academies. Uh, and the final school on this list was 1990 Georgia Tech and ACC champion and co-national champion. The Chargers connection was Bobby Ross, of course. 
And uh, yeah, <laughs> World War II fighter pilot Thomas McGuire finished number two, unlike arguably Georgia Tech this year. So um, thanks to the strength Good of jam. 1963 UNC's resume and uh, the work of NASA director James Webb, who had a telescope named after him, North Carolina is the shutdown forecast's ACC pick this year. That can't be good. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> we have we have lost audio again, but I think what we have established by now is that they'll be back soon, server. Yes. Um. So, let's just see what happens if we just keep it rolling. Let's just All look right. at their confused faces and continue. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at uh, preseason ACC football. Um, poll 2022. I want to see how, like, against the grain we're going here. Um, Carolina's supposed to be really bad this year, I thought. Yeah, that's what of, I thought. Because of Sam Howell <laughs> being gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, but isn't this Downs back? They had a receiver, Josh Downs, I felt like. Athlon picks them to finish third in the Coastal Division. That's not, um, that's basically winning who, it. Cause... In the division? <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Yeah. If you're third, you're... Yeah. Hey. The ACC, if you're third, you're first. Uh, SI picks them to finish sixth in the conference. So, yeah, I, 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 we, we didn't reach that far, I don't think. Yeah, sixth in the ACC is such a long shot, though. That's either <laughs> It's either second or 13th. <laughs> yes. The fine line. I can't wait for a mathematical scenario in the ACC where in the final month, somebody in one week goes from sixth to first just through a combination of multiple overlapping losses. I want some sort of thing where something one weekend just takes somebody. It was like pit out of the running through pit now in first. I think That's this a, is, this congratulations. is the year if there ever was one. Cause the coastal is like, so it is so coastal. Like if we're, this is the final time I think we get it too. Like, yeah. One so, more run, baby. Yeah. One more run. This is the like Coastal's, the greatest hits tour. <laughs> Coastal's got to go out with a bang. A really stupid limp bang. Yeah, a, a limp. Yeah, a it limp just bang. captures the attention of every sports writer for two months. <laughs> and then <laughs> they lose to Clemson you know, by 50. Hey, listen, man. Sports writers are just like us. We got to entertain ourselves somehow. Just a series of stressed out guys at the orgy going, it's okay, it happens to everyone. That's what the Atlantic what? is. What? <laughs> happens to every I mean, guy. Basically. Yeah. It's my turn. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do orgies have turns or is it like a is it like a dance-off situation where you just got to jump in where you feel Are it? Are you asking if it's a real-time strategy game or turn I'm asking if it's like double up <laughs> or if it's like... <laughs> Is it uh, you know, kind of. Is, is, is it Age of Empires? Or is I kind of yeah. guess. Is it yeah, XCOM? I guess that is what I'm asking. Yeah. Is it D&D? Folks, sound off in the comments. Uh, call us. Call in at 704-SOLcast. That's 704-SOLcast. Hail to Ra, the sun god. Uh, and tell us what you think. Are there Zerg rushes? Or... <laughs> Or is this a one more, t it's 3 a.m., haven't won yet, one more turn situation? <laughs> I'm going to need you to say one more thing, and I need you to just whisper at my ear, construct more pylons. Construct more pylons. Well, that's upsetting. That's kind of how it works, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I wanted to point out another thing that I realized this week about the ACC because naturally I was thinking about the ACC because SEC media days are next week. By the way, SEC media <laughs> days are next. SEC what? media days are next week. That you can't know. You said SEC media days are next week, which made me think about the ACC. It did. Well, yeah. Why? Um, uh, because I was thinking, well, who am I going to see there? Who's a player who's in their like sixth year? And then I thought, who's the most sixth year player playing? Even though I looked it up, and they're only twenty-two years old. Who is the person who I now suspect has uh, not only legal residence there, but may own property in the community? That is correct. The guy who is now the seventh-year star, the ninth-year wonder of all wonders in the ACC. We did lose Sam Howell, but we kept a Sam Hartman. That's right. Mm. Sam Hartman of Wake wow. Forest, who's now been there for, I know he's 22. It feels like he's been there for 4,000 years. 24 gorgeous years. 24. Of 24 carat magic. Just deacon along like a demon. That's what Sam Hartman's been doing. But yeah, he is back for another year. I hope he applies for another year of eligibility because... Why not? You're Sam Hartman. Lean hard into the Sam Hartman of this. So All he's gonna he's gonna be one of the last college football players born in the previous millennium. Oh God. You're welcome. In, <laughs> this isn't born, getting less disturbing. He was born uh, in July nineteen ninety nine. This is more upsetting than the Orgy Detour. <laughs> well, Lou Headley, as long as Lou Headley's around too, because remember, Lou Headley is actually 29 years old. We're not joking. He is 29 years old. That's true. Uh, My, Miami's punter, who, if you will remember, uh, among other things, owned a tattoo shop at one point in his life prior to ever getting to the University of Miami. Wait, I don't know about this. Lou Headley? I will share Lou Headley facts I mean, with I you. know he's 29. I don't know about the tattoo shop. Yes. He had an entire life before... He joined the, first of all, he worked as a scaffolder. If anyone familiar with Love Island will know scaffolders oh, so are a type. Essex? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are a type. Um, Lou Headley is a gigantic, tatted up, former Aussie Rules player who worked as a scaffolder in Northern Australia. Go ahead. It's what's the Southern in, Hemisphere. What's in Northern Australia? In, in North, nothing. Okay. Absolutely, but nothing. Okay. Additionally, Lou Headley. Nice. Yes, scaffolding. Yeah. Just construct pylons and build scaffolding. That's what Lou Headley was doing. Cool. Uh, Lou Headley also owned a tattoo shop in Bali. Yeah, he owned a tattoo shop in Bali and played Aussie Rules, which is where he learned to kick good. Because remember. If you play Aussie rules, you're instantly an NFL-quality punter. Right. That's just how it works. The directional kicking is unreal in that game. Side note, most impossible sport I've ever tried to play. It is just like it's just like holding an egg beater in one hand and a thrashing live ostrich in the other. There's You have no idea when, when to kick, when to throw, when to pass. You have no idea what's legal, even though they explain it to you 400 times. It's real hard but yes he worked for like oil and gas in northern australia then had a tattoo shop in bali for a while uh, sure yeah as one does and then a kicking academy coach saw him and was like hey man you know who needs you and that's how he ended up moseying his way to the city to like Miami, not Florida. just america but to america plus he's had quite to, the Ameri to america premium like i do you ever feel for these uh you know, I'm I'm 
there there are kids like Brad Wing who you know go go to punt and then uh, wait Brad, is Brad Wing actually Australian or did he just act Australian? No, Brad, Brad, Brad Wing is an Aussie. Okay, there are kids like Brad Wing who come to America and land in like the quintessential Southern college experience in a town like Baton Rouge. Do you ever feel for the kids who come over here for for the skill of their feet and end up in? I'm just going to charitably call them an America minus town. Well, Lewis had an interesting experience in that respect because... Like, I feel like Bali to Miami feels like an okay learning curve. Well, Brad Wing went from Melbourne, which Melbourne is a fantastic city, and then he went to Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. So I would say he's experienced the alpha and omega of what a city could be, potentially. Mm -hmm. Headley went from Nowheresville to Bali... Then he went from Bali to City College of San Francisco. Sure. Then he went from there to Miami, Florida. I just want to say that I think Lou Headley's idea of America is as weird as anybody's. Like that he has the most, he has the wildest understanding of what America can be. That's a real, that's a real spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) Like he just needs to go to like a really, really like wild Southern city. And I think we're completely like, he's covered the, the most insane potential American experience already. So yes, Lou Headley is, uh, I believe he's 29. So as long as Lou's around, we still have a toe in the 20th century. Once he's gone and Sam Hartman eventually takes his eighth year of eligibility, we will now be consistently in solo only 21st century rosters. That is until somebody's 54-year-old dad signs up to play for South Carolina or something. Which? Yeah. Can I smoke on the bench? That'd be good. How about this? Um, I don't know how to pronounce this gentleman's name. Uh, Keith, W-R-Z-U-S-Z-C-Z-A-K, um, <laughs> went from the Australian National Pole Vault team to Eastern Kentucky to the Indianapolis Colts. Feels like quite a journey. Yes, we've lost them again. There you go. Not celebrating that because they're gone, but celebrating it because it's uh, it's funny when they. (laughs) It's funny when we're in different planes of reality. I'll let the authorities look into that. Hey, (laughs) that's a good way to come back. You're back now. Where did I go? Where did I go? Oh wow! How long we've been gone? I don't don't know. No way to know. (laughs) Wow. I like that we have these divergent paths that will never be known to the others. Oh, this God, is multiverse. I'm sorry. There, yeah, we're in the multiverse. This is what happened. We're in the end game now. Yeah. We're talking about Acrisure Stadium, baby. Wait, I don't think we spent enough time talking about how our emotional rooting interest for all of 2022 is going to be what team? Uh, our ACC rooting interest will be the North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh, I just I, I want us to sit with that for a second. Do we have a lead at halftime? Beware. <laughs> we picked them fair and square. Does this mean? Oh that wow! The the non con includes App State and Notre Dame. Why would and you a, do that? And a trip to Georgia State that could be you know there there are there are uh, there are easier W's to so, schedule. So you're saying we're we're tailgating? Is Mac Brown going to start sapping y'all's life force? That was my yeah. exact concern, Serber. Thank you for bringing that up. That's it. Also, that listen, that trip to Georgia State. <laughs> An ACC power on the road early. 
Oh this, yeah. Yeah, this this uh ACC Power has managed to schedule back-to-back road games in September against non-power teams. Genius. What is that <laughs> about, Mac? <laughs> they they have three different pairs of back-to-back road games. Now, is this there is going to go great. So what you're telling me is that Mac Brown made sure to lock down the crucial recruiting ground of Boone, North Carolina by taking UNC on the road there. Yeah. Like in what I, and I know these get scheduled out ahead of time, but in what year is going on the road to Boone a fine idea? According to Mac Brown, twenty twenty two, baby. I will I will say this. No, but I mean in what year for booking <laughs> do you say, Oh yeah, we'll go to App State? Like when is that a good they got I'm talking about look at look at when App State leveled up. Yeah. And they had a much smoother transition into big boy ball than have a lot of other schools. At what point in App State's FBS history was booking a road game there a an idea. okay time for your throwaway scenario? I think the funny thing about this game is um, the broadcast will have to sell it as a Mac Brown reunion because he was uh-huh. their head coach in 1983. Yeah, only yeah, 1983. The only thing I could I was I'm glad you brought that up because this is something they talked about on. Uh, this NFL podcast called Split Zone Duo. It's kind of a it's a niche podcast, but I I highly recommend it. Um, that a lot of times the explanations for these games <laughs> there or you know, well, I've left this athletic department for that athletic department. Let's get a home and home. But you don't have to play app on the road. It's bad for you. I disagree. I think it's going to be great for our program. 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 We have a name change that I think is culturally significant uh, because we are the Internet's foremost pit podcast. And as the number one supporters of pit football on these here Internets, we have to mourn the passing of Heinz Field. Heinz Field is no longer with us. Um, Just in case you didn't understand what the perfect match of sponsor and stadium could be, this was it. Pittsburgh, a town where fries are stuffed into every dish and into the mouth of newborns as they arrive into the world. Here you go, kid. Have some fries. There you go. They go right down. Go ahead. Have a little have a little Iron City on there. Iron City Mango. It's the finest one. Um Hinesfield is no no more. It will now be known. Uh and I'm sure people will definitely call it this because naming rights are always worth the purchase. Acrisure Stadium. Acrisure. A-C-R-I-S-U-R-E. The name of uh, some kind of bullshit company. They're yeah. a global insurance broker. It's bullshit. Like, whatever yeah. it is, it's just bullshit. No, no interest in learning what that is or what they do. They don't make things. Heinz makes things. And, like, mm-hmm. we're all going to call it Heinz Field. That's it. But yep. television broadcasts won't. So perhaps we should attune our ears to, <laughs> to what that yeah. might sound like. <laughs> um, by the way, the CEO of Acrisure is Greg Williams. Who, uh, what? Yes, Greg, Greg Williams. Hmm. Double G, Greg Williams? So there's really no defense for this choice is what you're telling me. There's, <laughs> I'm saying, yes, there's no defense for this choice whatsoever. Additionally, he is from Lansing, Michigan. Ooh. So, you know, I just kind of Lansing wanna... heavy. Yeah, Lansing Heavy, I just kind of want to ask, like, uh, did our man just skip right past Michigan State as a potential donor? I don't know. 
I'd have to look into it because he says he's a, he's a Stillers fan and has been all his life. I do want to I do want to salute Mr. Williams for this. He lives in Michigan and he roots for the Steelers, meaning just went right over the Lions. Just like nope, not even I can't live with that. Can't do that to myself. Just went whoop, right there. So he does have acumen in more than one area of his life. One decided to root for the Steelers. Two started a complete bullshit company doing something that you have to take like ten minutes to explain because they don't actually make anything. But. Uh, we did get a number of passionate voicemails about this because uh, in addition to taking away a condiment sponsor for the entire stadium for pit football, the big catch-up, um, we've now ensured that we have a name that no one from Pittsburgh will be able to pronounce. If you could just cue those up. Oh, they can pronounce it. <laughs> we can't pronounce it properly. Yeah. Hey, these guys. How you doing? This is Terry from Every Pittsburgh talking about how the Steelers changed the name of Heinz Field to Akashir Stadium or something. I don't even know what that is. What's that even got to do with the Steelers? Myron Cope is rolling over his grave right now. And I mean, Akashir sounds like something Mums takes to keep her bones from getting too soft for her old age. I don't get it. It's always going to be Heinz Field to me and that. This is a joke. I'm going to die inside so I drink a couple of irons with the fellas at the mill and that. I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, yeah, this is Timmy from down the way. Hey, I got an idea. As long as they're changing the name of stadium to Akershire Stadium, why don't they change uh, Mitch Trubinsky's name to Ain't On Stillers No More? All right, I got to go. <laughs> Akershire Stadium. <laughs> you just going downtown watching Steelers at Akershire? <laughs> yeah, I don't care if it's Hansfield. I don't care if it's Akershire Stadium. As long as they still call down Renegade when they need a big stop, <laughs> it's going to be good for everybody in time. Thank you. <laughs> hey, these guys down here, they call uh, Heinz Field Akersher Stadium. That's that's real dumb. There's absolutely no way anybody's going to do anything about that. I'm still calling it Heinz Field. I hope they left the ketchup bottles up there. Just fill them up with uh, scam dollars that are going to land on some sort of Ponzi scheme. I, there's no possible way that these guys got out here. Some companies from up there in Michigan? What? <laughs> there's so many places down here. They should have named that for Permane Brothers, if you ask me. This has been uh, it's AJ up here at Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll talk to you <laughs> later. Acresure Stadium. <laughs> Worcestershire Stadium. <laughs> no. Worcestershire? Well, I'm talking to shut that full cast, huh? Well, you're asking how to pronounce the new Pittsburgh Stadium, and I had uh, I want to tell you exactly how it's pronounced, you know? Hinesfield. What's up, Shutdown Full Cast? It's Arthur from Pittsburgh. I've had a few icy light mangoes tonight, but i got to tell you how Yinzer would say Akershire Stadium or whatever it's called now. Hines. Filled. That's how we pronounce it because there's nothing more Yinzer than being out of date. Yinzer still think Charlie Batch is the Steelers' backup quarterback. Every time Mason Rudolph comes in the game, where's Charlie Batch? Why don't they put Charlie Batch in? Even if the name makes sense, you know, you probably need good insurance to host the Kenny Chesney concert. We are going to outlast whatever name you put on the stadium. We did it with Star Lake. We did it with the old mill down at Kennywood. Hines filled forever. Goddamn right. That's beautiful. 
Hans. Thank, thank you, Pittsburgh. Hi, hi. I can't. Hone. My, my mouth won't make that shape. I like the guy who just called it Akershire. Akershire Stadium. I like the dude who called it Worcestershire Stadium. Because it's been left alone in a barrel by accident. One of those guys said, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, it, well, you remember, you see how that vowel elides down the coast, right? Like, it's a, that's how you get like, thank you, down here. You just have to keep twerk, just keep twerking it, right? Yeah. Just keep turning the knob until keep it comes. Keep twerking e. your mouth. Keep, keep twerking your mouth until it works. Yeah. Um, I yeah. also want to note don't. the um, the Lansing to Pittsburgh fandom map. Um, mm-hmm. It is a straight shot, almost a perfect line. Lansing to Detroit to Cleveland to Pittsburgh, <laughs> meaning this gentleman <laughs> went a little bit down the road. Said, "Oh no." Hopped across Lake Erie, said, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> got to Pittsburgh and said, mm, "Got some trophies. Let me let just me keep right. going. See what's see what's on the other side of this line." And then reached Dan Snyderville. Said, "Oh God, back to Pittsburgh." So, ended up in the right place, I think. Uh, yes, because we do have to be careful what we say on this podcast. Because the last time we talked about a derelict stadium, it caught fire the week following. Uh, when was that? Uh, yeah, that'd be when we were talking about RFK. When were we talking about RFK? Uh, we were talking about RFK and talking about, uh, I believe, how much DC sucks, which I've never yeah. discussed here before. Okay, the joke is that this was last week, but let's just... Was it last it. week? I don't know. It was a few weeks ago. Yes. Yes. Caught fire. Completely caught fire because we have powers. So To everybody who accuses us of doing this on purpose, if we could do this on purpose, don't you think we'd be doing it a lot more? Yeah, which is why we want to go ahead and offer this service. If you go ahead, hit us up, okay? You can leave a voicemail on the voicemail line, or you can email us if you want us to put a just a bead out there, okay? To just put a hook out into the universe. Zzz, cast it out there and have your stadium burned down with, with, with no one harmed, but mm. we can... We'll talk about your stadium being burned down and see if it happens. We're Just go get ahead. Some emails. Yeah, I don't go know ahead. Again, we are a Meadowlark Media production. Yes. I don't. I don't want to be accountable for arson. Wouldn't be arson. I don't arson. want to be accountable for anything. That's why I do a Spontaneous podcast. Spontaneous combustion. That's what this is. Spontaneous combustion. Spontaneous human combustion. Human. Uh, if it's just going to be heat, it's definitely going to be Williams Price. <laughs> oh God! Yes. How is that thing not just melted? It's the aluminum it cans can- on the ground outside. It can't. Williams Price is already a kiln. If you put wet clay in that thing, four hours later you come back, you have a beautiful piece of pottery. And everyone inside is aged 30 years. All of them. How does that poor chicken not die? They trot him out for a day game. Sir Big Spur is just immune to radiation. Can you name Clemson's defensive coordinator? Without looking it up. No. Server two. is hand signaling spencils, scissors. Either yeah, that two. or I can tell you. Oh, that. there's two. Ah, oh, it's twice as hard. They're ah. both promoted from within. They're yes, both promoted from within, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So our two, our, our three college football experts. I had to look it up. I had to look it up. So I was, I, I did not know either prior to looking it up. All right. Who are the defensive coordinators at Clemson replacing Brent Venables, who was there forever and for every championship uh, team that they had? Who? are the defensive coordinators server. Uh, I just know Wes Godwin, the short guy who looks a little like the penguin, um, who is very smart and will not need a get back coach 
the other guy oh. is the other guy is old and he's like Dabo's friend which is like Mickey. a much more predictable predictable hire for Clemson like not going after the smart guy going after the buddy going uh, after safety another guy with an Alabama degree yes mm. yeah I think he might I'm pretty sure he did go to Alabama what's his name I can't remember it. Mickey Con Mickey Con yeah that guy oh wow he even sounds like a bag man yeah yes I don't know that he has any uh like coaching ability. <laughs> well, that is correct. Um he was uh the good news is that he's been around Clemson's defense for a while. That's very good. Bad news, he was an assistant under Mike DeBose. Hey. Mm. That's probably all right. I'm sure it's fine. So he's he's vintage. Yes, That's he's also he's also Chase Bryce's uncle. Do you remember? Mm. Former Clemson quarterback Chase Price. Yeah, he is. He's his uncle. So connections, connections galore. You say he's old. He's fifty. He's oh, fifty. So really, he's yeah. a man. he sucks so much. He he seems like a seventy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I, server. I have a question for you and and the uh, others of you, if you want to throw it out. Is there with, with the departure of Venables? You know, we have to. We're, we were going to have to adjust something new with Clemson, regardless. Is there? a particular archetype of defensive coordinator that automatically gives you more confidence in him? Is it the, is it, you know, the super intense young guy with the clipboard? Is it the, the crusty middle-aged dude who's shaped like Dr. Robotnik? Uh, is there a particular guy who, when you walk in the room and he says he's in control of the defense, you're like, Oh, I feel better already. Yeah. It's the, it's whatever the Venables types. It's like kind that looks like Skeletor. Okay. okay. Um, it's it's that type. Like he what he is perfect. He's like chiseled from stone for how a defensive coordinator should be. He just mm-hmm. wants to blitz. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like I don't fucking blitz you. This Send is probably, the safeties. Fuck them. This is probably growing up over Chavis, but I like my defensive coordinators to be like roly poly but solid. Like they're they're round, but if you punch them, you're gonna hurt your hand and not them. Yeah, you want you want a defensive coordinator who is the dad who's like, go ahead and punch it. It's hard as a rock. They're but it fat. is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's because all the fat's subcutaneous. It's all under there, right? Yeah. It's all that beer fat. So, yeah, I, I, I like those defensive coordinators. I'm not sure I trust a skinny defensive coordinator, Brent Venable's success notwithstanding. I like a defensive, skinny, a defensive coordinator who's skinny as long as I feel like the very stress and anger of being a defensive coach has eaten away every bit of spare flesh. <laughs> That's what I feel like with Brett Venables. That Brett Venables was just so like he he orange sculled himself. Right, like he's just so enraged by the idea that you're trying to get four yards of offense on him per down mm-hmm. that he's just like erasing every wasted atom so that he's a perfect defensive coordinating machine. <laughs> I love those guys. I also in a defensive coordinator, I do not like ragey defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. I don't. I like Svengali calm defensive coordinators who are just calculating evil in their mind at all times okay those are my favorite guys i may be slightly uh influenced by the experience of the last few years of having not one but two rah-rah defensive coordinators who made bad football Mm. in in one way or another no i like defensive coordinators who are just like attempting to be chess masters like now you're dead i feel like you're dead that that immediately brings to mind mike tomlin which i know is not a college coach yeah, but, but all the things you just described, I saw him like scheming up how to fucking like really destroy an offense, mm-hmm. as you were saying. 
Yeah, I feel like you want your offensive coordinator, you want a younger person who um, maybe, you know, 28 or something. Um, and they're, you know, super cheerful, super positive. They, uh, they, they're on the computer a lot. They, uh, they, they send mm-hmm. a lot of positive affirmations to their players. Um, just, just, you know, a, a really cheerful nerd. Um, whereas you want your defensive coordinator to be like 78 and they've been putting up with this <laughs> shit for 60 mm-hmm. years and they know the answer to everything. They, they learned it in 1974. The answer hasn't changed no matter what the little brainiac on the other side of the ball comes up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, they, they don't blow up a lot. Like, I, I don't like a volcano coach, really, at any position. Um, maybe maybe defensive line, but a bunch of defensive coordinator, I, I, think, I think Spencer has the temperament pretty much right. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't like a lot of things, but they're not mad about them. Mm-hmm. Norm Parker. Old Norm Parker at Iowa. God rest his soul. My favorite dude. What did he call? Cover three. How many times did he blitz? Twice a season. Did he ever show a single emotion about anything? No. Nothing. Norm showed up, clocked in, yeah. <laughs> called cover three, and went home. Those are I my th- favorite dudes. I think just like what Cerber is saying, uh, to, to stick with, with Pittsburgh again, I think Dick LeBeau was the archetypical um, mm. defensive coordinator to me. Zone blitz for like 40 years. Yeah. By the way, Dick LeBeau also, as a tradition, got the entire team together and read them the night before Christmas. What? Yeah, Dick LeBeau would get the entire team together and, and get them all very serious. Was this at Christmas? Yeah. Okay. And, and have them all sit down, and he would read the night before Christmas to them and close it. And if you hear former players, not a single one of them was ever like, yeah, that was weird. They were all like, it was really nice. Aww. I liked it a lot. Did they? I'm picturing them all sitting on the floor. Around him. <laughs> no, no, apparently, like it was, it was a locker room situation. So some of them were sitting like crisscross applesauce on the floor. Oh man! Staring up, listening to their old coach, right? Go, oh. And out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter. That, man, that gives me that gives me human keep, feelings. Keep in mind, this is like Joey Porter. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That is that is like, to... that's exactly the player my mind went to. <laughs> yeah. Just Joey Porter, just hands on knees, just kind of leaning forward and nodding. Yeah, LeVon Kirkland <laughs> sitting there. Rod Woodson. That's beautiful. Rod Woodson sitting there tearing up going, I'm going to go home. We're going to have a great Christmas, guys. Thank you, coach. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> offensive coordinator, I generally do like, um, again, personal bias here. I like offensive coordinators who are not geniuses but who are dicks. If you give me an offensive coordinator 100% of the time, I want him to be a dick. I want it like Lane Kiffin is definitely an archetypical favorite offensive coordinator of mine because is he going to signal touchdown at the snap? Yes. Yes, he's going to signal it. Is Steve Spurrier one of those guys? Yes, because recall that when asked what did he call by his head coach after they'd scored on a play, he looked back and said, touchdown. That's, that's my favorite offensive coordinator i want a spiteful mean petty evil offensive coordinator at all times i don't like a super villain defensive coordinator i want a super villain offensive coordinator at all times i think um the 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 offense the oc that i'm looking for here is a numbers person not a words person i don't want an oc who's written a book about their offense Mm. i don't care about your plays fuck your plays fuck your system you want vibes? I, 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 want, I want an OC who they want to score points. They don't give a shit about, like, I'm known for calling this play out of this formation. I'm known for this formation. I'm known for this style of offense. Like, I, I, I don't care. Like, 
Um, like the Patriots change their offense from year to year. No one cares who their OC is. It doesn't matter, right? They've been an air raid team. They've been a five tight ends team. You know, like it, it, that's my, that's my kind of OC is like, what are they going to try it out? No one knows. No one cares. It's just going to be, it's going to be pretty good. Cause it's all based on like, what does the other team hate the most? That's what we're doing today. That's a solid ethos. Yeah. I also like a damn the torpedoes OC who, if they're a triple, if they're a triple guy and they're facing a team that has all 11 defenders in the box, they continue to run the triple. It's kind of frustrating at times, but I really do admire the like, eat shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what you're going to do. I'm calling this. That again, it's kind of a spurrier thing because he's like, oh, you're doubling that guy? Well, keep throwing it to him. Fuck you. Love that. Absolutely love that in an offensive coordinator. If you're the offensive coordinator who happily is an accomplice to, well, what we want to do is shorten the game and, you know, hand the ball back to the defense. Get out of my fucking locker room. Get out. Get out of my state. I'm tasing you. I'm using bear spray on you. Get the fuck away. Yeah. I want an OC who wants the ball and wants to do things with it. Yeah. For good or uh, for bad. For good or for bad. Yeah. If you um, it, Also, I like an OC who has bullshit trick plays. I adore that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't want just gentle. I don't want like, well, we have a flea flicker in the playbook. No, 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 no. I want you to have gone. I saw the middle, a middle school pull this three weeks ago. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I, I think like as someone who who doesn't care which team wins, even when my alleged favorite teams are in the game, like I, I just want stuff to happen, entertaining stuff. Like I don't I don't yeah. give a shit who it's good for. I just want to see some shit I've never seen before. So if you're an OC who's just trying shit, yeah, yeah, now we're now we're in business. Yeah, I do also. It, 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 I enjoy if your offensive coordinator is older. I need him to be like David Cutcliffe as much as possible. Okay. Recently retired I Duke knew coach. That, I because, knew that's who you were going to pull. He was Mr. Bass Ackwards. Kids, ask your parents. David Cutcliffe was not always the genteel uh, retired, uh, always having an air of retirement, even while not actually retired, which more power to him, Duke Skipper. In his heyday, he was an absolute asshole with a clipboard, and it was so much fun to watch. I put him in the same school as Norm Chow. For when they lined up, you'd go, well, probably getting a run this down. Boop, it's a pass. Or they're like, oh, probably going to get a pass. Oh, it's a draw. Like If there were if there were statistics tracked during the time on asshole routes, on jerk mm -hmm. routes, uh, league leader for at least yeah. a decade, without a doubt in my mind. Yeah, if you could get a running back who ran a 4-3 lined up against a linebacker who ran a 5-2, David Cutcliffe was going to find a way to do that several plays in a row sometimes if need be if you've ever been snookered super hard by a senior citizen in cribbage any card game dominoes mahjong um congratulations you have met the david cutcliffe <laughs> offensive coordinator because they they're good at all of the dirty tricks and they never call tendencies so let me talk for just one moment about this part of his personality that he passed directly down to Peyton. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, were you on debatable a couple weeks ago when Dominique was talking about how hard it was to get one interception off of, uh, off of Peyton? Yes. And he, he, Dominique Foxworth went out and laid out, was it, was it him and Ed Reed? Yes. Was it when he was with the Ravens? Okay. So he was, he was going through this entire sequence of events of how, 
they conspired throughout the course of a game to lay a trap for Peyton to get a single interception uh, where, you know, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here. Oops, we're going to we're gonna look like we're messing up this one time and Everett's going to get the ball. And I texted Dominique afterwards and I said, okay, you know, that, you know, that was really cool listening to this. Did that strategy ever work again? And he was like, not fucking once. <laughs> and he said, he said I don't want to aspire cussing him, but he was like that, that bleeping, bleeping, bleeping computer. Referring to Peyton, because like one, and this is this is another favorite Cutcliffe thing. Like once it worked against you once, mm-hmm. it's it's just gone. Yeah, we're not gonna do it again. Yeah, we'll go back. We'll go back to something we did eleven years ago, not something we did eleven weeks ago. Yeah, to see if it worked. Yeah, yeah. the bag. The bag. Well, it's like Peyton deep. running the fucking bootleg. Yeah, which he'll wait like three years to do. The naked, the naked boot, which is always fun because it looks like an ant. Yeah. To run. And no one's near him. <laughs> this is this goes to my favorite my favorite guy who never should have run the triple option but ended up running it every now and then. Um that is uh George Godsey, who played in the nineteen nineties or turn of the century for Georgia Tech, a not known for his speed, mm-hmm. a nuclear engineering major who ran maybe a five five on a good day. Tom Brady, <laughs> like speed if mm-hmm. we're talking about where he's at mm-hmm. and ralph region was the offensive coordinator um against georgia godsey kept for like a 70 yard td and godsey uh went back to Fregion and said hey man do you like them jets you like them jets you see my tail lights and fridge goes george i don't think they knew you had the ball <laughs> Just, the best, just like the best, the best coaching comeback ever to be like, yeah, man, that's how you tote the mail. And Fridge is like, I don't think they even believed it. I don't think that was even possible. Surely, no one would hand that guy the ball. <laughs> I, I kind of Ta- tackle I, everyone else just to be sure. I kind of love that as like a strategy, though. <laughs> Chris Leak scored a TD like or a long run against LSU that way. He kept the ball. I remember. This. And nobody believed he had it. Oh, God. Because he was so hesitant to even call a sneak, uh-huh. much less carry the ball. Do my eyes deceive me? Is that guy carrying the ball? Surely <laughs> they do. <laughs> I think maybe defenders just sit back and watch it for a minute like, like no. hey, man, look at that. That's amazing. Good for him. All right, go get him. Because no, they do no, the time for to a second, I have to think for a second they're like, oh, God, this is going to look so fucking stupid on us if he pulls it So I wanted to ask... Server one more since we covered the defensive coordinators. Um, I said I liked super villain looking offensive coordinators. Since Clemson's had their entire coaching staff turnover in the past what three years, who is Clemson's offensive coordinator? I have spoiled this somewhat, but it leads me to another point. Who is it? It's it's Brandon Streeter. That is correct. Uh he went three and eight as the starting quarterback for the Clemson Tigers and then and Tommy West got fired and then the beautiful two quarterback system of uh, Rich Rodriguez took place between he and Woodrow Dantzler. Hey. Um, yeah. And Woody fucking rules like still to this day. Uh Woodrow Dantzler is my favorite Clemson quarterback. Same. And um but yeah, Brandon Streeter really sucked. He was not good, but I fucking loved him when I was like 8 years old. Um, but so, he was like the head coach at Richmond, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. So he does have some experience, but this is very much like a Clemson thing. Like, you went here. You have job here now. You have talent, it's right? It's so fucking predictable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, C.J. Uh, Spiller is the next offensive coordinator. That is correct. It will be somebody who actually played for them. This is this is my question, which two a two part question. One, I have included in the chat a picture of Brandon Streeter. Please describe the shape of his head. I believe he has a peanut shaped head. Oh my god, that looks like it. Did you photo? That looks photoshopped. That is the official. It looks like you like pinched him inward at the temples and pushed his eyes closer together. No, it's like that a fun is... time mirror, like a like he a looks like a circus peanut. Yes. Clemson, you got a circus peanut for an offensive coordinator. You know, that weirdly makes me more confident in him. It does because his brain is so large, it's beginning to bulge from the side yeah. with mm-hmm. plays, with potential designs. He looks like a real life Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think Beavis would be an okay offensive coordinator. I don't <laughs> trust him on defense because he's not going to keep shape or keep the scheme going, but on offense, he'll be like, ah, open. Yeah. yeah, the relentlessness of the relentlessness I feel like would really serve him there. I think he looks like old Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, that is very quietly sad. <laughs> Podcasting a visual medium, but yes. Brandon Streeter, Jimmy Neutron, aka Look, they got through the, I trust the audience. They got through the Quebec stop signs. They can get through this. Yeah. I think and, and also I don't really feel bad about um, you know, having some fun with the shape of this person's head. Surely making six figures a year is fine. Yeah. He's wealthy. It's fine. He's a Clemson assistant. He might be making $7 million a year. They'll pay you. (laughs) Got lake money. Yeah, they'll give, they'll give you they'll give you lake money, right? As long as you keep Dabo as wins, right? So you can buy a lake? Is that what lake money is? Yeah. Oh, y'all, I wish we were at the lake. I would buy, if I lived in South Carolina, I would 100% buy alcohol and drug abuse lake. That is Mm. what I would buy. If I alcohol lake. It is. It, where is alcohol and drug abuse like? Um, it's a, it's a real thing. That's what I was asking you to explain. Yes, yes. It's in Richland. This just sounds like a really. Flat it's not joke. far. No, it's not far from Clemson. Actually, it's in Richland County, and it is. Um, oh, that's, Colum- from, that's Columbia. That's Columbia. Baby. It's not far from Columbia. Yeah. Uh, it used to be. It, it is now Village Lake, but at one point it was called. Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake it is a reservoir uh, and a tributary of the Crane Creek River. So, yes, uh, its owner was the South Carolina Department of Mental Health uh, and mm. eventually renamed it to that. But it was originally named after a nearby residential and treatment residential treatment center for those with, sub- with uh, substance abuse issues. So it was Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake. Thank you for the those of us with substance abuse issues. Break, gotta oh, bring gosh. it back. Yeah. Hey, hey, lakes lakes are representation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is my point. We're talking about this man's head and how he used to play for Clemson, and that's who's in charge of the program now. And Clemson won the ACC six years in a row <clears throat> and uh, didn't make the playoff. Yep. Uh, they have yep, a. Yep, yep. They had a quarterback who, at the end of the season, could not hit the broadside of a barn and had a negative touchdown-interception ratio. And DJ Uyangalele, who uh, highlight myself being wrong here, after I saw him play at Notre Dame, you're like, that man's a god! That's the next one! That's a bigger Trevor Lawrence! He's going to be incredible! 
And then he had no idea what he was doing. Trevor Er Lawrence. Yes. Trevor Lawrence. Travis Lawrence. Yes. God, I got nothing. Well, Clemson's run is coming to an end because we have lined up behind Mac Brown's UNC this year. (laughs) What does this mean for our personal emotional relationships with Mac Brown as the season goes through? Do we do we encourage the sucking of the life force from opposing coaches in his little post game clutch chicken clucky handshakes? I, I will definitely pay more attention to UNC. Um, mm. they, they were, you know, they were entertaining last year, and now we have uh, pride is on the line. Our reputations as um, as, as as football experts is on the line here. So, <laughs> God, Ryan doesn't listen to this show, and I am so excited for him to find out that we've signed him up to root for UNC. That is pretty good. Each each preview week, one of us should sit out and then come back to be uh, horrified to discover. A team we have to pay attention to this year. If the Hank keeps going, we'll have some involuntary sit-outs next week. Not to worry. I just wanted to go ahead and play this game, which is if North Carolina is ahead at the half or are they behind at the half? This is Mac Brown football. Oh, no. Okay. If, if, if UNC is behind at the half, I have nothing but confidence in their performance. If UNC is ahead at the half, I would go ahead and pose poise myself over the nearest lip of a tall building because there's absolutely no way they're going to keep it because Mac Brown Mac Brown has never changed people will be like yeah man at Texas he really embraced the spread offense no he didn't he got Vince Young he got Vince Young and they ran a zone read and Vince Young did the rest that was it this man is still three three downs run run on third down and punt that is still Mac Brown and it works in case you doubt it, go look at Mac Brown's net worth. It works. If you are a young coach and you have all of these brilliant ideas, what you should do is become a suspenders and belt-wearing coach, and you will coach for 40 years, right? Recruit and punt on third down every time. Or you, could, you too can be Mac Brown, Mr. Mr. February, as Steve Spurrier once called him. Wow. Had a good sign of day, didn't he? Huh? Again? Ah, good for him. Beat him by 20 points next year. Didn't he also call him Mr. Football? Yeah, Mr. Football. That's Mr. (laughs) Football to you. Yeah. (laughs) Off-season champ every year. (laughs) What a bitch. (laughs) That was UNC last year. It was. (laughs) You know you're an off-season champ when your coach is complaining in like week three about how highly you were rated during the season. (laughs) Poison. Got that poison in him. That came out fast, too. Mac had that ready. <laughs> it's not your fault I th- you thought I was cool. <laughs> it's the media's fault. Blame them. They said I was cool. I'm so not. now, we are the media overrating Mac Brown. Somebody has to do it every year. It's happened every year for the last, gosh, 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said it couldn't be done this year, but... The shutdown full cast has arrived. Someone hey. is overrating Mac Brown. It's about time. Also, this sets this up. This is just the spiritual sequel to Texas going nine and three. This also UNC is going nine and three. Nine and three. It even rhymes. You're welcome. They could with I mean. the third, with the third loss being the loss to NC State at the last second. <laughs> this is a pleasant time. After NC State's lost like three games by two points. What Don't if ask how that works. It can happen. When the Coastal lose to Georgia State. 
Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Cursed, but beautiful. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly how it's going to happen. I love it. Go pack. Endorse. <laughs>